Hey, everybody, the time is finally here. We've waited months upon months for this moment to finally come here. I am Chris Jackson, joined by Gregory Morlantoon for episode number 63 of the West Coast Preps podcast. Sports are back. Football is back. We just had the opening weekend of football games in the Bay Area. Greg, how was it? How was that experience being able to see some football? Oh, man, it's been a long time coming. It was so much fun. A lot of great games. Um, I had to go to Freedom Camp Lindo Friday night, SRV Las Lomas on Saturday night. Two games that came all the way down to the final seconds and a chance for both teams on the last drive to try and win it. But just the atmosphere, you know, only parents allowed, no tickets being sold, but parents were allowed to be there for these two games. And it was so nice. Even the atmosphere with just the parents was, it was electric. Yeah, it was. It was different, right? Because there's no bands. I know one of the games I went to, Monta Vista Akamani's, there were cheerleaders, made it feel a little more like a high school game and all of that. But obviously there's no student sections now. It's just parents, kind of immediate household members and athletic directors, obviously some administrators and stuff. But it was different, a little more quiet of a feel than you'd usually get. But I don't think that really mattered to anybody else. I mean, you were just so immersed in just seeing some football and some games for the first time for these kids being in pads. And I believe, I want to say, I think it's been 16 months since a lot of these kids strapped up, and maybe 15 if you went to the state championship games last season. But games were back. We were everywhere this weekend. Check out all the coverage at westcoastpreps.com. We've got photo galleries from Livermore's game at Foothill. Photo galleries coming up between Cal's game against Dublin. Greg and I were – Greg was at Freedom Camp Lindo on Friday night. And Saturday night, he was at Los Lomas, Santa Monica Valley. Friday night, I was at Justin Siena against Petaluma. And then Saturday night, I was at the game of the week, Akalani's against – Monavis, so we're going to get into a lot of this stuff here in a minute, but check out all the photo galleries from these games, stories, everything else. Our new rankings are up as well. After the week is up, we'll get into who that is in a little bit too at the end of the show at westcoastpreps.com. Check that out. Also, all of our scores have been updated. So on the site, you'll see the ticker. shows all the scores from the weekend, and if some teams are ranked, you'll see the number next to them, like number one, De La Salle, et cetera. But games were back. Let's start getting into this action. The game of the week we'll start off with Number 23, Akalani's against number 14, Monta Vista. Akalani's came away with a 33-27 victory. But I will say this. I know Monta Vista lost by six points, but in a lot of ways you could say Monta Vista won in their own right because they came out with 23 players. A lot of players were out through the contact tracing. They were without wide receivers and defensive backs, right? But something you really will never see there. Monta Vista, you're so used to all these numbers, right? Instead, you go to warmest for Monta Vista, 23 kids. Akalani's comes out with twice as many running out of the tunnel. You're thinking, how is this going to go? Akalani's goes up quick. They're, they're up two scores right away. You're like, okay, something – it's just – it's going to get ugly. Monta Vista all of a sudden takes the lead, right? They go up 14-13. Akalani's goes on a run. They go up 33-14 heading into the fourth. Monta Vista comes back pretty much 33-27 after some big plays. They have two drives in the fourth quarter to take the lead. They don't get it. But with 23 players, they were running bunch sets out of the pistol and spread formations. A lot of the times, 11 guys in the box. They almost won this game at a very good Akalani's team with a lot of talent. One of the best coaching efforts I think I've ever seen. Matt Rusty did a phenomenal job. I know I raved to Greg about it, I think, Saturday night driving home from that game thinking, yep, the best performances I've ever seen. It was a loss. But what they did with that, having a chance to win on the road against that kind of a team with 23 kids, is one of the most remarkable feats you could see in 
Everyone I talked to after that game from Akalani's, whether that was their head coach, Brady Hutchinson, anybody else was raving about that because I, I really don't know how it became such a close game like that with Bonavista having nobody. They, they pulled out all the stops. They ran the ball really well. Gavin Cribb had a big day. We'll get into his statistics in a little bit. The offensive line was awesome up front. Rocco Strom really had a good first varsity game. Made some plays through the air. They had trick plays. Gavin Cribb had a touchdown pass to Josh Sizing. Josh Sizing playing a little bit of receiver out there for Montevista. We all know him as a great linebacker with offers 102 tackles last season. Here's Josh Sizing at receiver. So here's how Montevista had to play. We know the receivers they have, Cole Boschia, all these other guys. Jack Andrews did get to play that tight end three start with the Fresno State offer, but there's a lot of guys out of position. And Montevista lost by six points. Of course, Akalani still did win the game, so we got to give them credit for that, right? But Montevista does deserve a lot of credit. Akalani's Brady Hutchinson, offers, some offers need to start coming his way because you watched him out there. That looked like a college quarterback. 18 of 26, 261 yards, four touchdowns, ran for 42 yards. I swear to you, he extended about 15 plays just with his legs and made some remarkable throws. Deep balls were awesome. In week one, you're going to expect a lot of rust because maybe some teams you had two weeks to repair and pads finally and get stuff rolling. It's a way different season than usual. Looked like there was no rust for Makalani's because Hutchinson had a great day. Nick Rossi ran for 86 yards and 11 carries. They had Dante Montgomery had a 68-yard rushing touchdown on a reverse. Also had 68 receiving yards. He had a 55-yard touchdown catch in there. Evan Malmquist, his first career touchdown catch in this game at 67 yards. Sam Heyman, 39 yards. Will Berry in 64 yards. Joe Evans had a touchdown catch as well. Aquanis is good. So nothing to take away from that victory they had there. Montevista, still a very good program, right? A great coaching staff, and it showed in that game. Montevista, you're going to see in our team rankings, they didn't drop. And they shouldn't, because if you're about to win a game with 23 kids, I know there's not really – I'm not of the excuses making business a lot of times. I know a lot of people aren't coaches, won't be either, but – that's one of the most heroic efforts I've really ever covered and seen in person. Yeah, and you called me after the game Saturday night, and you were ready to run through a brick wall for Coach Russi. I will. I he, will run through a brick wall. I will do it in front of him, too. <laughs> Clearly, you were motivated by this. But for Akalani's, also, it must have been a weird game because how do you game plan for something like that? Knowing that they don't have any defensive backs or wide receivers – it's hard to come up with a game plan because you have no clue what Montevista is going to do. But for Montevista to come out and play that hard, you know, I saw Gavin Cribb barely came off the field, if he ever came off the field um, on Saturday night. You know, Dylan Devitt, you know, only threw for 100 yards, but just to get that offense and be the leader of that offense to get to 27 points and only lose by six points. What an effort. You mentioned Gavin Cribb a little bit, go through his numbers a little bit more. 29 carries, 230 yards, and two touchdowns with the best QB rating of the night. One for one, 18 yards and a touchdown. He did everything. He also had a couple catches, four catches for 36 yards. You mentioned Josh Zizing had two catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. Rocco Schramm was out there, had four catches, 26 yards. It was... That's a crazy game. You know, as I was at NRV, I saw the updates, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that they were in the game after knowing that they had no defensive back and wide receivers. I know I picked them because I had a feeling that they might pull off, pull off something heroic, and they were that close to pulling it off. So I, don't, I can't, can't explain that game. 
but uh, I think you're in the right to say that they're not moving down. There's they can't usually they say moral victories aren't a thing, but this is a moral victory. That's as big of a moral victory as you can get. You're without pretty much half your team because of contact tracing. Just with this pandemic rolling on, it's a way different situation than usual. Akalani's has everybody, right? And they're a great program. Mona Vista's got 23 guys. Even Akalani's coach, Floyd Burns, had told me after the game, he's like, we're so used. They kind of play like us. They've got four wide out there, spread set for Mona Vista. We even see, saw Cal Strength when they had some of Mona Vista's kids on their travel team was running similar formations, right, as them in the San Ramon Valley. Well, all of a sudden, Mona Vista's bunching it up, 11 guys in the box all of a sudden. They executed to a T. And one thing you got to say, too, even without anybody, Monta Vista played like it had nothing to lose. Nobody was rattled. Dylan Devitt's first varsity start at Monta Vista, he was just so calm on the sideline. Even if something didn't go right on the field, a drop pass, just an overthrown pass, maybe a missed block sometimes, whatever it was, a three and out, he was not rattled on that sideline. He was calm leading the guys. Gavin Cribb, unbelievable performance. So he came off the field sometimes because he needed rest, right? Rocco Strom is a great running back too. He's still got the 47 yards and eight carries. He truck stick the guy that's on our Twitter account. You got to see that hit pretty much. I don't know how that defender didn't get a concussion from that hit. Ridiculous. Colgate lacrosse came. It just obliterated somebody on that football field, but Gavin crib had a cramp. I think they're in the fourth quarter and you can't blame him for cramping up. I mean, it doesn't matter how hydrated that dude was, the, what he did, how many times he touched the ball, how many yards he ran for. He was in, Definitely contention. One of the top performers of this weekend. He had a great game. Dylan Devitt, like you mentioned, 12 completions, 100 yards. Jack Andrews had four catches for 40 yards. Rocco Strom had over 70 yards of offense. He had his first career touchdown in that game as well. Unbelievable game. But another game, we'll go into a game Greg was at next. Freedom against Camp Lindo, the number 15 team in the area. Camp Lindo went to Freedom. He had a great game in Oakley on Friday night. Yeah, and it was an amazing game. Camp Lindo basically said after the game that they just won three games inside of one game. That's how crazy this game was from turnovers to the battle in the trenches to backwards passes to goal line stands. It had everything in this game. Freedom had the early lead as uh, the first touchdown of the game was Les Callen's first touchdown as varsity for Freedom as well to Tyler Lopolo. And that connection was pretty good all night as Les Callen had 149 yards, two touchdowns, and LaPolo had seven catches, 91 yards, and also two touchdowns. Vincent Nunley almost returned a backwards pass on the screen for a touchdown, which was just another part of the crazy night that was in Oakley. But Camp Belindo eventually pulled it out. Somehow, some way, that offensive line, the trenches was insane. Elijah Clock from Camp Lindo said that's the hardest he's ever worked in a single game of his entire of his entire life, I should say. And the benefactory of his great play was also Dylan Toms. 20 carries, 137 yards. It seemed like every single time he touched the ball, he was making something happen. At least got four yards every single carry, it seemed like, and he broke off a couple big ones as well. And then the passing from Jacob Greisel, had 286 yards, four touchdowns as they had a late fourth quarter comeback, ended up winning this game, and it was a great game for sure. Um, I think that's all I can say, you know, is these guys are both really good teams. The game was just insane from start to finish with the turnovers, 
with amazing plays. Uh, the goal line stand by Camp Valendo after an early interception by Greisel. Uh, they brought it all the way down to the one-yard line after the interception where Tom's ran him down from about the 50 to the one. He ran him down to tackle him at the one-yard line, and then Camp Valendo's defense put up a zero on a goal line stand. Really changed the out outcome of that game because that could have been devastating for Camp Valendo early in that game. So what a game it was. Big hats. Maxwell Weaver also two catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Stanley Wheeler had a 25-yard catch. Already mentioned Greasel, four-touchdown game for him, a big game for him as well. Yeah, the 286 yards. Really had that depth at receiver, too, because Max Heffernan, two catches, 73 yards, a score. Joey Smith, 60 yards, and a touchdown on four catches. Maxwell Weaver, like you mentioned, 70 yards on two catches on the score. We had a few other receivers catch some passes. Daniel Wheeler had the catch for 25 yards. Zach Raphael two catches for 22 yards, then Max Ritman, one catch for one yard and a touchdown. And then Freedom, you look at some of their top performers, Charles Goins, the 70 yards and a touchdown on 20 touches. Shimon Brooks, 51 yards on 10 carries. Tyler Lapolo, three carries for 26 yards. Plus Callens, first varsity starter as a junior, 149 yards and two touchdowns. Then Tyler Lapolo had the seven catches for 91 yards and the two touchdowns. Vince Nunley, the Washington defensive back signee, Nine catches, 80 yards, just a do-it-all athlete. And De Niro Killian Jr., two catches for 14 yards. Great game that you were at. It just seemed like I kept seeing Twitter updates all night when I was at Justin Sienna's game. I was like, wow, Greg's at a game of the year. It seemed like a lot of games in the Bay Area this weekend were less sloppy than you probably would have imagined, too, because just with the amount of time that you had, or I guess ample time you had to prepare, I should say, you would expect so much rust with a lot of these games, even if there were some of those miscommunications like a typical week one, you'd expect more now. Phenomenal football games out there. Greg was out yeah, the time. I think the first thing I saw was the first quarter for the two games I went to was sloppy with a couple of fumbles, a couple of interceptions. But then as the game went on, I think these kids kind of settled down and eventually figured it out because the games got much better in terms of sloppiness after the second, going into the second half, I should say. But the first quarter for both SRV, uh, Los Lomas, Camp Lindo, Freedom, there's a couple of turnovers in the first quarter that they're probably like, yeah, there's a little, little rust there. And it's been a while since we've been on the football field. Yeah, Akalani's had that throughout its game, and that went over Monta Vista. A few plays, handoffs and runs and such, they had some fumbles there that went Monta Vista's way for recoveries. It's one of those week one things. Teams are going to be cleaning this stuff up. I guarantee you on film, they really went over that already, especially with the coaching staff, Akalani's, and a lot of these teams have. We'll go through some other sports as well before we go into more of the games we got to cover. Half Moon Bay. Actually, one thing before you go on, Dylan Saint, Dylan Toms, I should say, his grandfather actually was a linebacker for the Raiders. So I just saw that out there. Pretty cool connection that I was told in the middle of the game that I didn't know of. So pretty cool connection out there as well. Yes, that is. And the Raiders, Super Bowl champs next year. I will not, I will not put a Jackson 5 guarantee on that. Do not worry about that. I can't do that to myself. We're back. Super Cam, we're back. How does that one kid feel about trashing Cam Newton on his camp and Cam Newton gets re-signed? I'm not sure why you should ever trash any quarterback, especially when he's an MVP and with the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, right. At that point, he's still more successful than 99% of the entire world. So I remember I was at like one of the players. Yeah, like I was at one of Victor James's proving ground things a few months ago. He was telling the kids, all these quarterbacks, how many, what percentage of kids make it to college? 
then what percentage of quarterbacks just make it to the pros? Then how many of those actual pro quarterbacks are starters? Then how many of those guys are actually elite? You can handful of guys are elite, right? That percentage is so small. Cam Newton was once elite, right? And he, maybe he gets back to that form that he once was at with Carolina. You never know. It's hard enough to make it there. But anyway, point stands. Back to some of our games. Top 25 score, Half Moon Bay beat Burling game 19-10. and 10. Half Moon Bay's defense, after allowing 12.4 points per game last season, allowed 10 points. Tristan Hoffman, I guess, held in check in his own right, 70 yards on 18 carries, but he did it all again. Great job punting the ball. You know, he had a big day defensively. Again, he had 38 receiving yards. So Half Moon Bay, number 17 team, gets the one over Burling game. Dublin and Cal, coach Danny Calcogno's first game as Cal's head coach. He said they, Cal used to be really heavy running team, ground and pound. Remember, they give it to their fullbacks, their big running backs for years back in the day. Now with him, they've really changed it more of a college-level system in some ways. They came out firing, 63 points, beat Dublin 63-33. to 33. A great start to that new era in San Ramon. We'll have photos up from there as well at westcoastpreps.com. Check those out. Livermore Foothill, Livermore one on the road at Foothill 14-13. to 13. Great photos up on the site as well, westcoastpreps.com. Livermore scored in the final six minutes of regulation on a Sean Smith QB sneak to come away with the victory in a really tough, tough game up front. Dominic Belwamini led Livermore's offense with 79 rushing yards and 11 carries. And now Livermore's got another big game coming up against the Amador Valley, a top 25 matchup. That game's actually in the running for our game of the week voting. So be sure we're going to be posting that poll soon. Be sure to click on whichever games you want to be game of the week. And then, so again, you'll decide where I get to go this week for a game. De La Salle, number one team, almost saw their Northern California unbeaten streak, almost take a hit, right? They were down for a little bit, 13 to seven. They just squeaked away with a 35 to 27 win over St. Mary's of Stockton. It was a very talented team. They've got Jaden Marshall, right? A four star. They've got Nick Murray. Bunch of guys on the team. De La Salle just pulled away. Dorian Hale, the Sacramento State signing a quarterback, over 200 yards offensively. Nico Torres and Makai Northfleet each rushed for over 100 yards for De La Salle to win that game. But I know Greg was paying attention, thinking, is this really the end? Maybe it's something going to happen, but De La Salle pulled away. I did predict a long time ago that Pittsburgh would beat them this year. So it's possible that they have a chance. But I remember – at Los Lomas, they decided to give an update, and PA announcer says, this is something I have never said. De La Salle is losing 7-13 to to St. Mary's right now, and you can tell, like, there's a buzz, like, is this actually happening? Um, but obviously it didn't happen. De La Salle is still De La Salle, but I was told by an e-ball coach, e-ball team see that there's blood in the water right now. So we'll see what happens over the next five weeks. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Every year. I've heard that every year for my entire life. When's De La Salle going to lose? They don't. And the best time to catch De La Salle is almost the start of the season. Once De La Salle finds that rhythm and gets going, they're nearly impossible to beat. Right? Yeah. That's why De La Salle is nationally ranked every single year. That your offense is just executed to a T, and they just do such a great job there and conquer. But I've seen De La Salle. It's been close in some years. I remember there was – Six, seven years ago, Cal High took him down to the wire, almost recovered an onside kick in that game. There's been some close ones, but De La Salle, NorCal and Beaton Street since the early 90s, since the last team to beat them was Pittsburgh High School. But De La Salle still got it going. A great game. St. Mary's of Stockton, you got to hand it to them. I know there's no moral victories, but they had a lot of people. They had 
the world buzzing on Saturday night with that game. And then another game that mm-hmm. had a lot of people buzzing, Greg, you were at Los Lomas versus San Ramon Valley. Yeah, another great game. Another a lot of firsts for these kids as it's been, you know, 15, 16 months since we've been able to play football. So some of these juniors and seniors getting out there to play, obviously they're excited. But another crazy game, the first three possessions of the game were all turnovers. There was an interception and two fumbles. Uh, J.P. Murphy recovering one of the fumbles um, from the, the San Diego State commit. The Dorian Nardi, he was cramping up as well. I think that's something that we saw a lot. Like you said, Gavin Cribb was cramping up. I think some of these kids trying to get back into it. We're seeing a little bit more cramps uh, popping up. And a lot of kids definitely need to drink some water uh, this more water this week than I ramp up, but what a game it was. San Ramon Valley made some mistakes. I think that the score was a lot closer. Um, they feel that they should have scored about a few more touchdowns. Jack Wigley said that definitely wasn't his best performance. He thought he missed a couple throws, um, missed J.P. Murphy a couple on a couple open ones in that second half, but what a game it was. Lost Lomas, a gutsy performance to come back. Jermaine Land had himself an amazing night running back a kickoff for 80 yards uh, for a touchdown. And at the end, he basically just dragged his way into the end zone. Just like a huge pile of just about everyone getting into the end zone. And then he had three more touchdowns. So he had an amazing game uh, the other night on Saturday night. But Jack Quigley, I, I don't know what else to say about him. He just finds a way. He did it at Cal Strength at down WCA. He's doing it now for San Ramon Valley. You know, he had 305 yards passing, two touchdowns through the air. But then you go to his rushing yards. He had 80 yards rushing and also another touchdown there for his rushing touchdown on a QB sneak. He did all 80 yards and five carries as well. He has the big 51-yard run. He's shifty. He, you know, he doesn't look like a dual-threat quarterback. You wouldn't think of it. He seems more like a pocket passer. But once he gets out, he can definitely, you know, make a play and find a way to get down the field and get a couple yards. So a clean game after the first three possessions. But once we got through the first three possessions, it was a lot of fun to watch that game. And both these teams were really good. Yeah, and Jack Quigley, he's an FBS quarterback. I know he's got, he's got an FCF offer right now from William & Mary. He's kind of been hurt by the pandemic, like a lot of athletes out here, just not getting the film. He did get some great film with WC, and now he's getting more high school film, I'm sure. That film from Saturday was sent to a lot of colleges, and I'm sure a lot of colleges were buzzing about the film they saw, what Jack Quigley did. You think of Jack Quigley a lot of times, just a pro-stop quarterback, right? And that's great. But, you know, he can run to a perfect quarterback, especially for football nowadays. He almost had 400 total yards of offense. You think of 80 rushing yards, 305 passing yards. That's a phenomenal day, especially against the Los Lomas, who's got some great players defensively, another top program out of the Bay Area. Let's just go through some more of these stats. Sedarian Nardi, 11 carries, 100 yards, two touchdowns. He's a great defensive back as well because in Cal Strength's team, he had two picks in one game there at cornerback. Jack Boogie, the 80 yards. Then you go through some more of these stats. Sedarian Nardi had the 30 receiving yards. Caden Ridley, 89 yards and two touchdowns on four catches. J.P. Murphy, three catches for 59 yards. Tyler Hoffman, two catches for 21 yards. Then Caleb Padrid, six catches for 106 yards. Some of Los Lomas' top stats. Jermaine Lands had 61 receiving yards in the touchdown and 32 rushing yards on eight carries. Diamond Loosely, 228 passing yards and two touchdowns. He also ran for 19 yards. 
Then Zabray Bevano, six catches for 87 yards. Lance Heinen, two catches for 38 yards on a score. And Alex Lisi, four catches for 42 yards. See where these two teams are in the latest Bay Area top 25 ranking, thewestcoastpreps.com. I can't say Santa Mar Valley is probably going to like what happened there too. And like you said, Santa Mar Valley came away thinking they could have scored a lot more points, which is scary to think because they already had a big enough day offensively. That's kind of scary to think there's a lot more coming from that Wolves offense. That offense has a lot of weapons and everyone on that team knows that they talked about how good Jack Quigley is, how special of a player he is. And Jack Quigley also praised how many weapons that they really do have on that team. And another thing I want to say is I was really impressed with Jabray. He really came out on Saturday night, and he played a great game, playing both ways as well. Jabray is a special talent, and I'm excited to see where he goes this season as well. Then the other game we were at this weekend, Friday night, I was in Napa for Justin Sienna's game against Petaluma. Justin Sienna last season, eight wins, North Coast section, Division Six semifinalist before losing to Kennedy Richmond. It's a very talented program. They've got Jermaine Terry, that tight end now, Cal, a lot of other athletes. But Justin Sienna, one of these games as well, you can tell the rest was there for both squads. Not a whole lot of time to prepare. I was talking to Justin Sienna's coach after the game. He was saying even before the announcement, they were thinking, is this season actually going to happen, right? Well, it did. Justin Sienna got the time. They won 7 to nothing. Their defense played a great game early on. Petaluma's slots, the offense really moved the ball, ground and pound. Shoot away a lot of that clock, but Justin Sienna's defense made a lot of big plays in the red zone. They forced three turnovers, had 10 tackles for loss, six sacks. They forced a fumble in the red zone at one point in the first half, too. That led to Justin Sienna scoring its only touchdown in the game, a 90-yard drive, some big plays on that drive. Gave Justin Sienna the momentum and energy it needed to come away with that win. Joshua Tiki, one of the top performers of the night, had a few tackles for loss, partisan turnovers. Quarterback Hudson Beers had an early interception, but he rattled that off last season, almost 3,000 passing yards. One of the top passers in California. His feature is actually up today on the website as well, so check that out. But through for 163 yards, and Caden Parlett also had 54 receiving yards to lead Justin Sienna. But Justin Sienna's defense is going to be a force this year. They've got some big guys there, secondary linebackers, defensive line, kind of all across the board. They've got some talent on that defense. They really bounce back from that start with Petaluma. But it's scary to them. Just that slotty, a different offense nowadays. But Justin Sienna really regrouped. They got it going. You never saw those kids rattled. Another top 25 score out of the Bay Area. Number five, Clayton Valley Charter 20. Indercombe 15. Dylan Seeley, the state championship game MVP. I know we mentioned him a lot on this podcast. He had two interceptions. Yeah, Dylan Seeley. We all know about him. Very talented kind of does everything on the football field you know he's got that swagger we talked about that but he's just a true leader on the football field so not surprised by Clayton Valley Charter getting the win and not surprised by Dylan Silly being a big part of that win as well but now we're going to move into athlete of the week and my goodness Devin Rivers I can't even can't even explain how he was like what can you say about this the Rivers name up there in the BVAL in recent years done big things. I know we've seen Ronnie Rivers at Freedom was a great running back. He followed up Joe Mixon at Freedom. He became a three-star in his own right, went to Fresno State, the starting running back there. Now there's Devin Rivers at Heritage, sophomore. Heritage beat Granada 46-6, and Devin Rivers, my goodness, just like Craig said, 267 yards, four touchdowns on 20 carries. But here's the scary part. He had 207 yards in the first half. 
He only had two carries after halftime, which means after halftime, he still had 60 yards and two carries. In the second half alone, he averaged 30 yards per carry. This game, he went insane. Unbelievable start to the Dave Fogelstrom era at Heritage. But Devin Rivers, my goodness, unbelievable performance. A sophomore, we're going to have to hear this dude's name for three years. Are you kidding me? Another crazy talented quarterback coming out of the BVA, a little in the Bay Area. We've seen them come throughout there. But, I mean, you just look at the recent BVAL running backs that have gone on to do amazing things. Two that come to mind immediately, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon. So, obviously, there's something in the water right now in terms of running backs coming out of the Bay Area, especially the, the BVAL area. Um, man, 267 yards on just 20 carries. One in the same game. And, obviously, we talked about heritage and their all-in approach, and we did that story at what seems like 20 years ago. But Dave Fogelstrom has that era at heritage, and it's off to a really good start, like you said. I'm excited to see, see where this team goes. As you said, they're trying to really re-input that culture there at heritage. Yes, I'm very excited to see it. Heritage, it looks like they've really got some great things going with Fogelstrom. Right away, you could tell from players and speaking of him that it's a great culture. They're all in. I know you see that all-in thing with Urban Meyer when he's coached at Ohio State, Florida, Utah. Great coach to follow, right, in terms of winning and building that culture of greatness and winning championships. Heritage, they've got something special going. They've got a great quarterback, Asher Haynes. They've got some talent. Offensive line's really good. Devin Rivers, three years. That BVA all running back group over these last six, seven years. Joe Mixon to Ronnie Rivers and Najee Harris and then BVAL at the same time to now Devin Rivers. He's going to be a special one. Running back talent is great. Some other top performers, we mentioned Jack Quigley was in the running, almost 400 yards offensively. Gavin Cribb had a phenomenal game. A passing touchdown, a lot of receiving yards, the rushing statistics, 231 yards, 29 carries. And Dylan Seeley's two interceptions. And there's going to be a lot more impressive performances for more Athlete of the Week efforts going forward. So stay tuned for that. But, Greg, before we wrap this up, you got any other takeaways? Football is back. Sports is back. Um, I do want to say football is not the only thing that we're covering. There's also baseball games going on, so we're trying to set things up to go out to baseball games and cover some of those baseball athletes as they get their season started as well. Um, we do know that there are a lot of other sports going on, so – while football is back and it's all fun that we do get to go to these games, there are a lot of other athletes out there making great performances and we'll be out there soon. And also we're going to give a shout out to Antioch. I was there at last night's on Monday night's practice. We saw the Twitter talk. We're going to give you your credit. You're running out to the week voting. So go out there and vote. That's all I got to say. Yeah, that was fun to see on Twitter. That's what we want guys. You guys want it. We're at your practice. We know you guys are good. You guys are in our Game of the Week voting against Liberty this week. So have some fun with that. Vote for yourselves as well in Game of the Week voting. That poll is up. Westcoastpreps.com. The link's on our social media pages, so stay tuned for that. But that wraps it up for the 63rd ever episode of the West Coast Preps podcast. We have a lot more coming up, Greg, at Antioch's practice. We've got more practices, events to come to. If you want, if you want us to cover an event, any sport, email us at team at westcoastpreps.com. If you have photos, information, you can email us again at team at westcoastpreps.com. Go to our contact page if you want as well. Hit us up on social media at westcoastpreps underscore. Also be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page and follow all of our work at westcoastpreps.com.